This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. It's morning. Then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, and saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Starting over. Woo! <coughs> yeah, this is retake, bro. <laughs> Didn't have no squiggles. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. We've been going for a year and we ha- and a half, and we still don't know how to run this thing. <laughs> right? Still in the so, baby's training stages of podcasting. Yes, exactly. So, so I, I, that's why I got pumped up, because we had squiggles. So I was like, let's just run it. Let's just run it, you know. All right, here we go. We're going to get into our partners, and we're going to get right into the details of this ep- epic episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, ECW Calls. Check out them for all your custom call needs. I was just checking out some slate calls up here at Cabela's. Turkey season's coming up. I got running my VIP call this year and also my ECW call. Um, I was just blown away by the prices that they wanted for these calls. It's just ungodly, you know? Mm -hmm. $140, $120 for a a single-sided call, glass or slate. I mean, that's, that's pretty high for a guy like me. Yeah, yeah, it's nowhere in the ballpark that I'm looking at. Yeah. All right, let's get in with the veteran innovative products. Uh, so, as like you said, turkey season's coming up. I was thinking about what would happen to a turkey if you shot it with that 175 grain veteran. 
have no idea, man. What do you think? Man, I, I think it would just be like a puff of feathers and then it'd just be over. Yeah, you don't want to hit it in the breast. No, gonna, no. It's going to be gone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah, check out the 175 grain for all the guys that like to pack a big stick around. That That's for you, man. That is. Um, check you got them the out. VIP veteran shout out? I do. Uh, this week, we're going to piggyback off of uh, Kevin's shout out last week. Uh, he is the founder of Downrange Excursions. Uh, their mission is focused on providing gym memberships and wilderness opportunities to military veterans, law enforcement personnel, and first responders. Their efforts provide tangible and healthy outlets to combat stress from military enlistment and stateside civil service jobs. They are a 501c3 founded in 2017 to utilize the services of partnered businesses and nonprofits to help carefully vetted recipients become active and prepared for excursions. Helping the veterans to find peace within the wilderness, therapy including kayaking, hiking, camping, and behavioral behavioral therapy to manage PTSD. The end goal is being to rebuild the self-esteem and self-confidence of the veterans in order to get them reintegrated successfully to a functioning and productive member of the community again. So uh, downrange excursions, um, you know, not only is, did Kevin serve for this country, but he's also trying to help out his fellow veterans uh, come back and get reintegrated. That's awesome, man. Sounds like they got a lot going on, helping them, you know, physically, mentally, and getting them out in the woods, giving them a new hobby to pursue, helping them professionally, sounds like. So he, that guy's doing a lot of work. So shout out to him, man. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, he is going to be bringing a supplement line um, to the fitness industry. So uh, be sure to follow them guys on Facebook and uh, keep up with that. Uh, this guy is jacked. So um, I know he's put in the work to produce a, a quality supplement. So a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, Kevin, just like we said last week, man, we can't thank you enough. Uh, Matt and Cindy and everybody in the BIP family, appreciate you. For sure, for sure. You'd be all over them supplements, huh, homie? I will, uh, yeah, I got to get rid of these bony arms, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get rid of these love handles. I need to go the opposite direction. Yeah, right. Uh, what do we got for set lock this week? I know we're running the full season for uh, – for turkeys, the the OG real tree. Yes, real tree OG. Um, o tree real really, tree. Yeah, O tree real tree. I, I, I put I put the baller rut intro on this one. I might need to switch it back to the O tree real tree. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if people hear the intro at the end of it. They're like, "What is? This? What is that?" <laughs> like, I don't think my, he said that right. That's like when nineteen bush lights kick in. Yeah, Just, shit don't come out right. <laughs> Yep. So we're going to be running the full tactic gear this year. Um, it's, you know, it's light enough, flexible enough to, to get you through the turkey season as well as the deer season. So you can just, you know, run with one suit instead of having multiple. Um, I do have my late season suit like you do. Other than that, I run the tactics all year round. Yeah. Are you going to be wearing the Sitlock beanie turkey hunting? Uh, no, no. Oh, I'm probably okay. going to, I'm probably going to wear that Moultrie hat that I got from, last breath yeah that, that's a good good yeah. idea so just just to rep that you know bring good luck last time i wore some last breath i found an 82 inch shed so <laughs> try to keep the good luck rolling you're for sure gonna get a booner turkey down if you wear it yes. i guarantee it. booners all day i guarantee it 
like nine nine inch snoods all day. <laughs> I would say last year we were podcasting about this time, and you were just calling stuff left and right that actually happened. So um, I'm probably gonna shoot a Jake. I'm calling. I'm shooting a Jake. Um, that's what I'm calling right now. Shooting a Jake during turkey season. All right. Uh, the day you shoot him will probably be the first time it gobbles. Yeah, probably. Oh yeah, and he's gonna have a half inch snood. I'm gonna lose the <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just lose the, sec- the secret private snood competition. Yes, that's going on right now. We haven't. We need to get a snood trophy. We need to get that in the works. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, we can't. We can't get anything working. I mean, I know nothing. Just nothing. Busting our ass trying to get stuff going. It just ain't yeah. ain't working out. Um, no. getting into Ingram. Uh, we extended the invitation for him to go to ATA. So, uh, for all you guys that hear us talk about him, um, he is going to plan on attending ATA with us. So, if you have any questions for him and you're going to be at ATA, it'd be a perfect time. Yeah. Any taxidermy questions? That guy he's knows the a guy. Lot. He does, man. And he's, and he's just growing and growing in knowledge and skill. Growing a lot faster than this podcast is, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, that, that takes care of that. That's it. Wow, okay, here we go. Uh, let's get into the show. So besides our film episode, we haven't done an episode to update you guys on what we have going on since ATA. We've been do- we have, we've done so much, it's ridiculous, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, you're, we're talking three months. Yeah, and it we still have so much to do. We just keep like I need to make a list of everything that we get done. It's in my head mentally, but I need to write it down just so I could. It shows like okay, we really need to start knocking this crap out. But oh, everything that we have to do. Yeah, gotcha. I mean we've done a lot, but man, we got a lot of stuff that we still need to get done. That's like everybody out there. It's never there's never an off season. No, for for most people, but um. What do you want to start off with there? I got your notes. What do you want to start off with here? Yeah, um, you know, we want to thank everybody who watched our first episode uh, last week, Cody's Dove Hunt with Rainer. Um, obviously, we're recording this before the Legacy video comes out. Um, Second episode will be out by the time it releases. Yeah, yeah, it would have yeah. dropped yesterday by the time this comes out. So uh, be sure to check that out. We are going to host... We are going to host these videos on Facebook uh, from now on, as well as YouTube. So, still, still hit us up on the YouTube. Um, at least there, you'll be able to just type in what you want to search for and be able to pull it up instead of scrolling back through our news feed on Facebook. Yeah, I watched that one again today, and it's quick, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's in it's and out. It's five minutes, but it's flowing. I was like, geez, that's ripping through there. So yeah, so um, since ATA. That's pretty much what I've been doing. Um, I work Sunday through Thursdays, and then um, we still pay the babysitter for Fridays. So I'm like, well, that'd be perfect time to get all of our videos edited. And uh, we didn't know how long it was going to take me to figure out Premiere Pro and get everything and color it and pick out music, which I'm I'm so terrible at that. Um, yeah. We probably could use a little bit more techno beats in our videos, but um, <laughs> less techno beats, bro. Um, Tommy loves the techno. Beats. <laughs> um, we just didn't know how long that was going to take, and you know, just me having a solid day on Fridays to be able to sit down and do it. Um, so that's pretty much what I've done on my days off, and then my wife works every other Saturday, so 
I don't have back-to-back days. And then on the days that she's not working, we're usually doing something as a family. So had Fridays and finally got all them done. And then we were trying to decide when we're going to start releasing them, whether we're going to wait until it gets closer to deer season. But then I'm like, well, we're going to put out our turkey stuff right after season, hopefully. So I was like, we might as well just get last year's stuff done and out of the way. And then we can kind of get on a schedule and of course, you know, we're jacked up about Mr. Freeze video coming out. So we didn't want to make everybody wait that long to uh, see that video. Yeah, for sure. So then we went, we went to the Elmwood show. Yeah. Uh, we need to shout out going pro. Yep. Um, going pro got, online fishing show. If you guys are into fishing, um, check them out. That's a buddy of mine. Uh, he just started a podcast a few months ago having some huge names on in the fishing industry. Yeah. That's not something that I follow real heavily, but, uh, there's, they're, they're spreading a lot of knowledge. I actually listened to a couple episodes and from when they started to now the quality has exploded. So, yeah. Um, you know, we talked to Dave there at Elmwood, uh, this year and last year. And then, um, you know, he, he was asking us some questions just about podcasting and kind of the setup and stuff to get and stuff not to get. And, um, it's been really cool helping somebody out. And then, you know, like you said, the, the quality and all that. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I think we should piece that little clip with him at Elmwood in right here. All right. We're back. We're still at Elmwood and I'm with my buddy, David Kranz, uh, with Empire Fishing, right? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. So, We've been friends for a while, and uh, we like to reach out and help other people. And he just started a podcast with Empire Fishing, and we just want to kind of go and we're kind of deer hunters, right? We do some fishing, but yeah. our this is our bread and butter is deer hunting, turkey hunting. Uh, if I can't shoot it, I mean, I, I'd go shoot some fish with yeah. a bow, but I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm just not into the bass fishing scene like you are. And uh, I don't think I've seen you with a rod in your hand since I've met you. Yeah, it's either hand fishing or doing a little yeah. bow fishing. Yeah, so. Uh, We'll just kind of let you go over what, what you guys got planned for, uh, and, and what's the name of your podcast? Going Pro Online Show. Going Pro Online Show. Okay, so go ahead and go over that, where they can find you, and what can some content you have coming up. So I'll leave the hunting up to you two. Uh, <laughs> so I just recently moved down close to Nashville. I live in Clarksville. Um, we've been going to quite a few shows this season with Empire Fishing and Taurus Tackle, and after the last show that we went to up in Tinley Park, we got this crazy idea to just start podcasting i mean it's super easy to um i wouldn't say easy but it's as far as editing goes it's a lot easier than um it's a lot easier than editing video um but we started the going pro online show it's just kind of following us along uh as we progress into summer tournament season starts um and we just we just talk about fishing um we'll give you guys tips as many tips as we can and it's everything we've learned when we're out on the water but it's me david kranz is one of the hosts and then i also have joe grafman which is a guide um down on lake of the ozarks and he's unfortunately not here today because he's at a, at another show um but we're just happy to start getting into it we're doing three uploads a week on soundcloud right now um here pretty soon we're going to be on itunes but we're, we're just out here cranking them out and um yeah good luck with that itunes uh i know that was a headache when we got started here but you know just like we were talking uh you know the fishing scene doesn't really have an off season you know especially down south and uh you guys are going to be able to bring content that's 
relative all year round. So um, that's something that's going to be really cool about your guys' show. Definitely, I agree with that. And that's what we were thinking as far as getting content out there. I mean, we're doing three a week. Um, we're posting one Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, we're just trying to get as much content out there um, before season starts really ramping up. But we're, we're happy to help you guys out along the way as well um, as far as fishing tips goes. But after our big tournaments, we'll do kind of a recap podcast and let you guys know how we did, what we would have done different, and, I mean, just, just keep it going. Is this going to be a show that you bring other fishermen on, or is it just going to be mostly you guys um, keeping everybody up to date with what you're doing? So I would agree with both of those things. Um, we're going to be um, giving you guys the best advice that we've had, and then as far as we'll have special guests on, um, we have a few big ones lined up here in the near future, and you guys are definitely going to want to stay tuned for that because, I mean, they're, they're big names in the fishing industry. Um, do you guys have an Instagram? We do not have an Instagram yet. We're still working on that. We're working on Instagram and Facebook, and we're just trying to get as much content out there as we can. Go ahead and get a Twitter while you're at it because Twitter's where it's at. Yeah, get a Twitter. Is Twitter where it's at? <laughs> it <Yeah>. is. It <laughs> is. Yeah, we, uh, I wanted you to come on, and we like, you know, we like, we were at, at right where you guys are, right? Just starting yeah. out, and we had no help, and it was brutal. So any, any, if you got any questions, message us, one of us, we'll, we'll help you out, and, uh, you guys, you can cover the fishing side because I'm not in. I'm not in there. So, um, where are you guys gonna uh, put your videos of you guys fishing at? As far as fishing goes, they'll be on all of our personal pages on YouTube. Um, we'll probably post a couple on Facebook, shorter clips. Um, but we're also gonna post on the Empire Fishing YouTube page. Um, that's probably where our collaborated videos will be, like when we're fishing together, or we just have a ton of content from a tournament. It, it'll be there. All right, on. Um, all right, say the name of the show again. It is Going Pro Online Show. Going Pro Online Show. All right. All right, sure? all the fishing people out there, check it out. David Kranz, he's a cool kid, and he's got a badass truck. <laughs> that he does. That he does. All right, guys. Perfect. All right. All right, we're back. Uh, that was my buddy, David Kranz. Check him out. Going pro online show if you're in the fishing side of things. Um, let's talk about your shed season, homie. Yeah. Was, how, was it a banger? Bro, lit. Just lit. How many total inches of bone do you think that you found? Um, actually, found about... I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it's so big, bro. I can't even count that high. Uh, maybe... 14 inches 14 inches combined bone man that's yeah mega that, that's giant. a good that, that's a good find bro. <laughs> so uh congrats to you on that that was a stellar year so but you were every i mean every day that you had that you could have went shed hunting you were editing film yeah so yeah um i went down there pulled a couple stands and um was like oh i'll just you know tiptoe around i got a an hour hour and a half to burn down here so tiptoed around a little bit they did some uh clearing out of the woods i'm not sure uh they're taking out all of the walnuts i believe uh got a guy from a town close by he's gonna take all that walnut wood and turn it into pallets so huh. i guess that's what they're doing with that um Really, like, from the buck nest stand, like, where I had my stand first when I went back there way deep, 
Yeah. Um, there's a road, they excavated a road, bulldozed all the way down to the bottom to like where Jeff's stand is now. Oh, so wow. if you go in the road on the main field, I know the listeners are lost right now, but if you go in the road on the main field, you can walk all the way on a bulldozed road up to the buck nest stand. It's insane. So that, that is insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to try to get a stand right there on that scrape that they've been just nailing, uh, the last four years for about three weeks. And with it being freshly bulldozed, you know, I'm not sure how, how that's going to work. Is the tree still there? No. The, the tree scrape that they were hitting, was it still there or is it gone? I think it's gone. Yeah. I don't, they wouldn't be, they won't be hitting it then. Right. So I mean, they might want to have one in the, the area, but definitely not right Yeah. There. So, um, it just seems like whenever I get a plan, I'm always just that step behind. So, um, that was my, that was my shed season. I walked probably seven miles and come up with this, with this mega toad. Nice. Add it to the pile. Yeah. I ended up finding 12, um, 82 incher and Man, one in the seventies and then a lot of 60 inch sheds. It was a, it was a big shed year, two dead bucks. And, uh, that's about it. Uh, walked the, gr- the ground that I'd never walked before the lease zero sheds on. Yeah. It was dry. Yeah. First year for that. I don't even know. Other than poachers might've came through. The neighbor said that there's a bunch of tracks on his side. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there wasn't any snow, so they definitely could have came through and hit it. Um, shed poaching around me is just huge. I don't know. People are obsessed with sheds. They used to not be cool. Shed hunting used to not be cool, but right. it is now. So, but oh well, bro. All it takes is one cool kid to do it, and next thing you know, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, that's for sure. About the time that I was shed hunting hardcore, you did something pretty unique that I think we should talk about. That I I've never done before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while because it was kind of uh, a sketchy but organized chaos. And I'm not sure. It sounds like they do this all the time. So I was invited to go on an Amish style coyote hunt. Uh, this would be the Saturday after Valentine's Day. Uh, so the Amish, uh, you know, they, they have a lot of connections and stuff with the landowners, uh, people doing work or they're getting supplies or whatever. Uh, very friendly people. They know a lot of people. And they just went around and started asking landowners, you know, if they could have permission to coyote hunt. And um, most most of the landowners um, said, yeah, there is a little um, drawn up ruling like you can't pick up any dead bucks. Uh, you can't pick up any sheds. Um, if you do, if you do want it, we have to get a hold of the landowner, which would probably be impossible at that time, of course. And... Um, <clears throat> You know, you had to use nothing, nothing smaller than a four shot or nothing bigger. I can't, you had to use four shot, I think. I think you had to use four shot. Um, and then what we did is we just, if, if the permission allowed it, we just circled the country mile block, you know, all four sides. And then we are about 80 to a hundred yards apart and everybody just started walking towards the middle. 
Um, it's freaking nuts. Yeah. So, you know, obviously if there's any deer or anything that, um, come out your, you know, you ran into, like you had to kneel down. Um, they were pretty strict on the rules, which is cool. You know, that way, um, nothing serious happens. And I think when we went, there was 56 hunters, um, me, my wife's cousin and his sister and his dad and his girlfriend were the only non-Amish people there. <laughs> so, um, it was one of them deals like if you, if you got in on it, you know, you, of course we're going to go walking through like some prime time deer hunting area, you know? So yeah. since you had permission with this hunt to walk through their stuff, they got to walk through your stuff. Like you had to submit your land to be coyote hunted, which is good, but we got to my wife's cousin property and dude, we probably kicked up 30 deer and you know, none of them, none of them were bucks that were still holding at least, you know, they're all does and they got like an eight foot fence and deer bouncing off the fence, trying to jump it and shit and get out of the way. Uh, I think they killed two off of their property. And uh, so, so hang on. Is this where the big deer is? Yeah, bro. Oh my god! Yeah, that's oh what I'm saying. Like, my. no way. And where we got dropped off on that property is oh. on the corner. You know where that little uh, wood lot is on the corner of that block. We're yeah. just standing in the middle of the bean field, waiting for everybody to get set up. Not even nowhere near the timber. We're 400 yards from the timber, oh, and man. everybody else is just basically starting right at the timber. And we're like, we, I don't even know what we're doing here, but we, you know, we had to follow the rules. But the people whose property it was are 400 yards away and everybody's just crashing right down through there. I said, it's cool that you got to walk your neighbors and like see what's over there, see what the deer are doing over there. Cause I mean, we're talking middle of February. So there was some snow on the ground. So you could definitely tell fresh sign uh, or fresh tracks, you know, what the deer are doing, how they're using the land and the way they're moving for the late season but then i just told him i said dude they're gonna be walking right through the heart of everything like we're all just gonna be meeting in the middle of this i'm out he's man. like I, he's like i know man but you know hopefully we can at least kill a couple coyotes and you know we're not the only piece that's getting ransacked today so i was like dude i mean there is just a mega giant out there so huh. uh nobody found his shit and nobody found him dead so I guess that's oh good news. Gosh, dude. Yeah. He's probably a county over after that. <laughs> it Whoa, it I, was pretty wild. Um, that would be, that's the most scary thing I've ever heard. I'm scared in the in the hotel right now just dude, thinking about you that. You should have heard me out in the field. I was I was losing my shit. Like, dude, we're, we're, we're just going to run right through this whole thing in about eight minutes. Takes about <laughs> takes about 45 minutes for everybody to get set up, and that's kind of frustrating because you're staying in there. And luckily, it was a pretty decent weather day. And then when the leader, the Amish leader of your group says go, like these guys, I mean, if you, you guys have worked around any Amish or anything, like they're, they're not joking around. They're dead serious. They're set, ready to go. No matter what it is, if they're putting siding on your house or building a, a gun blind or, you know, doing this coyote hunt, I mean, they are just getting with the program. So we're almost like walk running and um, <laughs> it takes about eight minutes to get a country block wiped out so um it was like just the idea and hearing about that it sounds really sketchy but after like your first or second block you're like okay that this is this is working so the first block we went to we kicked up like 18 deer and them guys all just you know let it go through of course 
and I think we killed two coyotes there. Then, then we went just right across the street, and I don't know where all them deer went because they said that they ran across the road, and then we never seen them when we did that block. Um, I think we killed one off that second one. Uh, like I said, we killed two off of my wife's cousin's property, and then um, we went seven for 11. So we seen 11 coyotes, four of them got away, we shot 11. There was 56 hunters. And, um, there was guys from like Wisconsin, Tennessee, Kansas. Gee. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a big deal and it's something that they, uh, I guess do quite a bit. They had done one in Kansas, I think just like two weeks before that. And there was 140, 140 some hunters and they killed 111 coyotes. So, it, yeah, it, it appears to be a f- very effective way to uh, to get on some dogs and, and get them killed. And just the only thing is, is, you know, with using the four shot, <clears throat> you're not really getting that, that long range um, to get out there and knock one down. But, you know, two guys 80 yards apart, 100 yards apart, you know, one dog tried to slide through us and the wife's cousin shot him. And uh, he said it was like a 30-yard shot. And other than that, I don't think any, I'm not sure how the other ones got out, but I never heard of like just running right by somebody and getting out. Yeah. So, um, that was pretty cool. Um, they had Amish donuts there. I was on the diet, but I smashed one. Nice. You can't pass that up. So, no. um, we walked probably like 10 properties, eight, 10 properties. And dude, I was beat at the end of the day. (laughs) I could see your snap stories (laughs) were slowly fading. Dude. (laughs) A lot of walking, and then we didn't even, they did one last little piece, and there was a landowner on there, didn't give permission, so it was going to be kind of even a jankier setup. I'm just like, I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm, I think I'm going to do it again next year if they do it. Um, the, the main goal of that was for, like, the Amish to come back and report to the landowners and be like, look, nobody got shot, nobody got hurt crossing a fence or crossing a creek or anything, and... Um, we killed this many coyotes. So, you know, talk amongst your landowner buddies while you're drinking coffee down at Casey's in the morning and, uh, you know, tell them next year when we come around to give us permission because we showed this year that we can do it and be successful and safe. That's insane that landowners around us even let them do that. Yeah, dude, I feel like, I feel like where the lease is at in that, there's no way. No, no one would ever. So... Uh, pretty cool deal, and uh, like I said, man, uh, it's something that was totally out of the realm of what I've ever done before, and uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. So, last weekend, we did we did some work, bro. I I was not prepared for that much work. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I'm not sure why it was so much work, but um, I, if we were trying to podcast after doing that, there'd have been no way. Yeah. So we burnt, uh, I'm going to, I, I, uh, let's mapped it on a hunt stand. Oh yeah. And it's a little bit over 14 acres. 14. Nice. Yeah. So we burnt 14 acres of really tall CRP. Uh, when it was standing, it was what? Eight foot probably seven foot. Yeah. Like you, you would have had to struggle to walk through it while it yeah. was full grown. So, and we uh 
we did it on a really good day. I think we, I think we started just a touch early and that wind died down and it was just perfect. But we went in there, we mowed a fire break. We did everything right. We started it and then the wind switched on us. And we got out of the fire break a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a teeny tiny bit. Yeah, and uh, it went. Uh, luckily, we knew that there was a creek there, and it wouldn't go back to the past the creek. It got past the creek two or three, or it went to the creek two or three times. Yeah. And uh, once we kind of got that done, it was pretty easy sailing from there on out. Right. But, uh, Part of the stipulation to hunt this property is we had to burn this field. And then also I am a, uh, a birdhouse maintainer now. <laughs> nice. I, like I am that. a, I'm a bird colony maintainer. Uh, also to hunt this property. I take care of birdhouses and I take care of a bird colony, uh, where they will nest. So that's something new for me. That's the things that you do to hunt good property <laughs> right, right whatever it takes you know and uh we have a lot of uh good stuff coming up to maybe open up other little pieces for us so that's always excited to get in and explore new ground that we already know is good mm-hmm. we just haven't been able to hunt it to figure it out so and um if you don't mind i want to dig deeper into like our setup on on the burn but yeah um oh man i don't know what i, I can't remember what i was gonna say um, we'll just go into the, into the little bit more of the details of the burn. And then I'm sure in five minutes, I'll remember what I was going to say. All right. <clears throat> so the wind was coming out of the East, right? East, Northeast. Yeah, it was, it was more North when we started, when we started and then it went East and that was the problem. <laughs> right. So. so we had started in the Southwest corner of the CRP. That way, yeah, it would, it'd that, be the furthest point away from where we didn't want it to go. Yeah, well, where where the wind was going, so we're gonna burn into the wind, um, and then that's how it kind of jumped the fire break. There, uh, we were still kind of getting set up, and we we're just kind of moseying around. And Cody lit the grass, and we didn't know how fast it was gonna take off. And sure as shit, I mean, it started going. So back the truck up. Um, and that was all she wrote you know it was taken off um that wind jumped it over the fire break and then went back towards the creek so we spent the first 15 minutes just trying to corral that and that way it didn't like smoke up any dead trees or you know get on something that was going to burn for four hours and um we, we just kind of wasted all of our energy off the get-go and um I think I think if we had been a little more patient and getting set up to where we both could have been there, I think if it started to jump like it had when we were on down the line, we'd have been able to keep it all corralled and and been good, you know. Yeah. So, um, definitely have to watch your wind. You're gonna want to burn into the wind like that. Uh, do you think there's anything with the fire break that we could have done better? Uh. It, I, tilling it man if you could have tilled that we could have lit that thing into the wind and had no problems yeah so it just if you're going to do a fire break make sure it's as short as po- physically possible and uh and be prepared you know fire is kind of uncontrollable at points so you need to be prepared to if it does jump here or there 
you're not going to hurt anything. And the, really, the only thing we needed is we need about like two or three more hands. Yeah. Really, you know, really. And then, like I said, literally five minutes after we started, the wind switched to the east, which moved the smoke to where we needed to put out the fire. And that's what we were struggling. Yeah, with, that. You know I mean? And then, I mean, once it, once a little piece gets going, and then you know, it's just dead grass, so it's just going to light up as fast as it can. And then next thing you know, you've got a four foot area, a fourteen foot area, a forty four foot area, and then the heat off of it is just insane. So the heat's going to yeah. blow right where the smoke's going, and you're not going to be able to put it out. And even if you come from the upwind side, the heat is just still insane. And mm. you're not going to be able to do much with it. So, um, yeah. Then the wind switched back to the north, and it was pretty much gravy from there on out. It was just yeah, uh, putting in the time to get it burnt. I mean, that's that's a lot of ground, uh, and it was going to rain. We knew that, so we yep. we did it right before the rain, just in case anything was still smoldering. So, what did we um, start burning? Like probably one forty-five, one fifty. Yeah, probably. And then we knew the rain was coming at, you know, 6 or 6.30. And I think it ended up started raining about 10 to 6. So we knew that the rain was going to put everything out overnight. And um, we were kind of, I mean, it was a, just like Cody said, once it got going and we got it under control and in the fire break and everything, I mean, I was doing a bunch of stuff on my camera, trying to get some content made. And, you know, I just was basically keeping an eye on it. And then I'm like, man, you know, it's getting late. It's going to start raining. Uh, I can see it on the radar. So I said, well, here's what I'll do. I'll go up like 40 yards and I'll just take the torch and I'll just make a line. Just every three to five feet, I just, you know, light the grass. And then um, I was going to let it burn back towards what was burning so the wind is it's gonna be going with the wind now and i tell you what when i did that first 40 foot or 40 yard stretch by the time i got to the fire break what i lit first probably 80 to 100 yards away was already burned back to the fire coming the opposite way so we just didn't want to get a fire bigger than what we could manage because one, we were already tired Two, we didn't have any hands and three were on complete opposite sides of 14 acres with a huge crest in the middle. And I can't see what the hell Cody's doing. Yeah. So, um, I was like, you know, we got to do something here. So I did that and I was like, okay, that was cool. You know, it stayed in the fire break. I was like, I'll take another swing at it. So I went like 60 yards and same thing. Uh, real aggressive fire because it's the winds getting behind it picking it up and just burned right to what was already on fire and when it got there you know obviously it just burned out and um the the what do you call it the the fire line i guess yeah just just kept going so um now I'm like, okay, well, the next jump that I'm going to make will be at the end. But I went 10 yards in from the end. So that way, as the fire gets carried to what's already on fire, um, our fire line will slowly burn out to the fire break on the side. And hopefully when it gets to that, it'll just peter out because it'll be that nice slow burn that we've had for the last two and a half hours. Yeah. So, 
you know, we got aggressive with it after we got comfortable and knew that it wasn't going to get carried away. And, um, it was, it was, yeah, there, it was an experience. Yeah. This is something that we, we haven't done a lot, you know, and the thing about us is like, so we were going to do it on Saturday and we were going to have more help there, but with our schedules being so tight with me being on the road, homie only having one day off pretty much where he doesn't have, you know, kids or wife or anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, Friday's the day, right? Cause Saturday it's going to rain all day. So yeah. Saturday the plans are shot. So we made a prompt to plan to go out there, get it done. And in white to legacy fashion, <laughs> it wasn't very smooth, but it got the job done efficiently. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And of course, everything we do on that property is just utter yeah. mode chaos. Yeah. So we, uh, we had fun though. Everything we do, we have fun. Yeah. Um, so we, we, uh, we learn a lot and, uh, we know we have a little bitty, what maybe acre and a half, two acre piece Yep. Yep. that we need to finish up and have, hell, that'll probably take us 40 minutes. You know what I mean? Just cause we know what we're doing now. Yeah. Like I said, we'll, we'll come in 10 foot or 10 yards, you know, off the West side. If, well, depending on which way the wind is, whatever way on the East or the West side, and we'll come in like 10 yards we'll do a stripe, let it burn towards the fire break because it's going to push with the wind or push yeah. against the wind. And then we'll just pretty much, I think we just do it in one swipe, just go 10 yards from the other way, let the wind carry it down to what's already on fire. And just like you said, it'll be about a 40 minute deal probably. And we'll have all of that knocked out. Yeah. We need to get that done here soon. And then, uh, go in there and hang that, see if we can get that stand hung in that crooked tree. <laughs> yeah. But it's exactly where it needs to go, right? I mean, there's just, there's yeah. no other option. I'd like so to get down going. there at the tree and see, yeah. see how far we need to almost like Mark. I know you were there, um, with, with him and know like where the food plot's going to end at. Yeah. But I just like to get down there and like mark it you know see see how many yards it is yeah like i don't want to set something up and have it be like a 37 yard shot you know yeah but i mean you might not have any option either yeah i mean you got you that's where you got to be you got to be in that creek draw yeah you have to be in that creek jaw and you're gonna be they're definitely gonna hammer the bottom of that food plot before they go up top i can just see i know they're already using that creek draw so they're gonna be going right there and feeding you know what i mean so yep but that's another thing we can cover. So we're going to do, it's about an acre and three quarter of beans on Booner Town. And uh, that's part of the stipulation to hunt it. We have to plant this plot. We're more than happy to do it because it's only going to benefit us more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said Booner Town. We're changing it to Booner Motel officially now. <laughs> or because, Boomer. Boomer Motel. <laughs> yeah, or Boomer Motel. Because there's only, there's Booners there, but they just cruise through. I mean, yeah, they were there for a day and a half. Yeah. If so. you if you were hunting there on the right day, you'd be like, this is the greatest piece of property I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, I've just seen seven shooters today. <laughs> you'd be like, this has got to be borderline high fence. <laughs> yeah. Everything we do is high fence. Bro. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, anyways, acre and three quarters. We're going to put the auger wagon blind. Um, I got to get started on it. I know. I, you got to get off the road. I know. I uh, got, I went on Google and got some like plans of different ones that have been done. 
And mm. I got all the material that I'm going to need to do what I want kind of wrote down. Mm. And uh, so I kind of have an idea what I want. I'm really hoping we could get like the boys out there early season on the plot. And just even if it's like an hour and a half and we just go kill a doe or something, that'd be super, super cool. Yeah, it would. Well, I'm going to try to soundproof that thing so they can bring tablets or play with cars on the floor or what. I mean, me and you could me and you could sit on different ends and play beer pong. I mean, it's, yeah, it's so sure. big. You know <laughs> what I mean? So uh, I'm excited to get that thing done. I had a guy offer me 1400 for the running gear on it, and I told him no. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, I'm never going to get one this cheap again, right? Yeah, no. So I'm like, and this is something that I've wanted to do because we, we, I move property so much, you know what I mean? And it's not because it's, it's because people come in and lease it or, you know, a family wants to hunt it or something The the regular things that happen to people that lose ground, you know? So yeah, I nothing walk. will get a, a nephew more motivated than you dragging out a 150. <laughs> yeah. He'll be like, yeah, I'm yeah. probably going to start hunting now. Yeah. I didn't even know there was deer that big out there. I've heard <laughs> yeah. that a lot. You know what I mean? So, yep. so this way I'll be able to hook my truck up to it and just roll it out. Or, you know, we don't want it here. We want to move it down in that creek draw. Yeah. The deer are just hammering the bottom, right? Yeah. Well, we just want to move it down in the creek draw. The deer around here are so used to seeing auger wagons, they won't care at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guy I got it from ran a trail camera off it for two years. No and, shit. And got, yeah, use it as a, a thing to hang his trail cams on. So we'll be able to do that, hang a trail cam right on it and see what's what's happening right there. Yeah, what's right there in kill range. That might be a good good thing for the a mobile mobile cam right there on the on the blind because the access to that is just beautiful. Yeah, we'll right? have to call that the double mobile. Yeah. Mobile stand if, with the mobile cam. Yeah, because if you're if you have anything but a north wind. If you have a northwest, a west, a south, an east, anything but a straight west, you can get into that thing 100% perfect and 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 hunt it without ever and you're going to be in a concealed blind where you can open a window for 5 seconds and and kill something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, super excited about that. That's going to be sitting on the acre and 3 quarter. I'm not 100% sure if we're going to throw a little Milo in there or if we're going to throw a little sunflowers in there, I, I, ha- I haven't really talked to him. I also thought about like, you know, that road that we uh, drove in there or put in there last year, like, you know, where we mowed that little open yeah. spot. Uh-huh. I was thinking about extending that and putting some clover over there in that corner. Okay. Uh, I mean, something that we could do. I haven't talked to him He's really big on the pheasants, so everything needs to revolve around pheasant. So yeah. that's why we're, we're out doing. there burning, and they're just clucking their heads off. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, they're definitely on the move. So for sure. But yeah, we're super excited about uh, Booner Motel this year. Uh, there were some giants that cruised through there. There was a lot of shooter bucks that cruised yeah, through there. Yeah, a lot of a lot of four and a half and up bucks coming through, um, and. You see a three and a half year old, you're like, okay, yeah, it's a solid buck. But then when you seen the deer that was coming through there, you're like, well, that's definitely a four and a half and, and above. Yeah. So a lot of mature deer coming through there. We just didn't know because we're chasing Mr. Freeze and not hunting there. But good thing that we had trail cams there to let us know for this year 
Because yeah, that's something about even if you're targeting one deer or something, you have to leave some trail cams up for next year. Yeah. You always have to be prepared for the next giant you're going to chase or the next deer you're going to chase. Because if we didn't have them cams there, we wouldn't know anything. No. Right. And with it being our first year on that property, you know, I almost got it done on the first year there, you know, on mm-hmm. a pack-in hunt. And uh, we learn we learn a lot. And I feel really comfortable go, saying that one of us are going to shoot something off that next year. Like, I'm confident, right? Because yeah. we're only in, improving the habitat. That CR, We thought that CRP was thick when we mowed it last time, dude. Look out. Right. That after we burn it that that shit's going to be crazy so it's only going to benefit you know those bucks that i was saying that i seen just stand up right out in the middle of it it's not going to be them big coarse stem crp it's going to be that you know flexible stem so hopefully the snow don't knock it all down Mm -hmm. and uh and we can hold some deer late season with those beans and cedars and and crp and yeah and and also you know the surrounding agriculture fields are going to be mostly beans there's going to be one um cornfield yeah but there's an overwhelming amount of beans around us so we're hoping that that's going to take the pressure off of our beans so that they can get established get grown up and um then we can leave them standing and then come in you know mid mid december and on throughout the rest of the year and um be able to take some deer yeah i'm I'm looking really looking forward to the 7th or the 14th of november there mm-hmm. and then late season if we got any beans left so i'm really looking forward to get some footage of that piebald doe i yeah. think that'd be pretty epic and uh uh just just being able to get out there and learn that property more uh the lease we are going to i think we decided that we're gonna we're gonna we thought we were easy on that place this year we're gonna go even more um, this year, we're not after a Pacific deer. There's their giants there. Oh, hell yes, there is. You know what I yeah, mean? Right. But we haven't keyed in on any to be like, okay, we can go kill this deer. Right. I feel like, you know, so maybe if, if something in velvet or, you know, early hard horn, we find something that's killable, we think we're definitely going to move in, but we're going to do the same thing. We're going to let the trail camps tell us, you know, what, when it's time to go, and uh until then we're not going to go on the north until it's late october and man we ought to see a difference i don't i don't know mm-hmm. last year was a real depressing year on the north i don't know you know properties change but that was drastic change right oh, yeah yeah and really nothing nothing as far as the property went you know changed no nothing i think we accessed it least or less than i ever have yeah and, and uh, accessed it better the only thing is the neighbors started hunting on the north more that could have affected it and then the rut being so piss poor on that property you know the trickle rut or something where like if you were in that backstand on november 3rd that would have been the, one of the best days you ever hunted in your life yeah uh, the ninth the well, morning you were there no the third when the bucks were oh right yeah, in front yeah. Of the okay yeah gotcha yeah that four, been... four bucks there all fired <laughs> up you know what i mean right okay two of them in a fight where you get six pictures of them fighting you know they've been fighting for a while and that's in front of the cam you know so yeah. that would have been epic you could pee on the cam from the tree stand yeah i mean they would have been right underneath you fighting so uh 
a step for the insecurity cover, you know that they're comfortable being back there at 10 o'clock in the morning fighting. So, yeah, uh, it's just, it's just, uh, I don't know. We need to do something with that stand. We need to move it up, get a double set hung. Um, That's a big ass tree, man. <laughs> I know, but then damn does, dude. They, <laughs> well, at least one thing, did. we'll be able to hang the one stand off the other stand. So it's not like we'll be strangling off a ladder step by our pinky toe. Yeah. At least we'll have I something mean, we'll, solid to stand on. Get up. I mean, that, it probably only needs to go up five or six feet. Yeah, up in that crotch, get in that crotch. I think that'll give you more cover. I mean, I don't know how them deer pick you off. It's because they come in on a side profile. Yeah, the eyeballs but, right at you. Yeah, that's where you need to be to shoot them when they cross that old fence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you kill them like I did two years ago where they crossed that fence, they have no idea. Like, Boom. They're, you know, but it's when you let them go and then they look back, they get that side profile of you, then you're screwed. Mm-hmm. You've seen that with your shotgun doe kill, you know? Yeah. I mean? It's not like they peg you and run off, but they look up there, they're like, okay, something ain't right, you know? Yeah. Probably because there's two guys and camera gear and all <laughs> that probably has nothing to do with it. But uh, that's what we got going on the lease. Uh, sounds like. It's going to get extended as far as I know. Uh, she, uh, I got her mail or uh, her letter back, and she said, if you want to extend it for the season, let me know. So I'll definitely be getting on that. And we'll hopefully be able to hunt that this year as far as I know now. It's a go. Your piece is a go still, right? Yep. I just nice. don't know. How, I just don't know because they're doing they, – they had just done the west side. It sounded like they are going to go all the way through the piece, so – Hopefully that pushes some of the other hunters out of there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what crazy changes that's going to have. Um, as just far like as Dane, the, just like Dane Wood from way back in the episode, you know that piece just got logged and bulldozed, and yeah, still shot a buck on it. Yeah, I went out there. I think shot his biggest deer. Yeah. So uh, let's get into our gear talk. So we both updated lenses. We're going to be able to shoot some low light finally. Yeah. Went down um, to that 2.8. If anybody's getting in the DSLR game, just pay the money to get a good quality lens. You can shoot low light instead of buying something that you might get by with and wasting your money. Cause it ain't going to work. Yeah. There's so. no way around it. And, um, you know, get, get a good, um, range, you know, uh, don't get just a, what do they call it? A primary lens that's just fixed. Um, yeah, like 15 mil yeah. or something, you know. Um, I got a hair on this microphone. It's getting to me. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just rubbing my whisker hair. Um, yeah, get, I well, and then don't overlook used glass. Uh, most of the time, everybody's treating it like their baby. So they baby it. Um, some used glass is um, nothing to overlook. And I mean, it's still expensive for the most that's part. All, that's all we got to use glass. <laughs> <laughs> well, good glass is it's yeah. all used. Um, but you know, it's definitely worth it because how many times has a deer come in in the last 10 minutes of shooting light? Like that's when the big boys are coming in, you know? Yeah. So you got to have it if you want to get that, that good quality, um, right there at the end of low light. So um, just with my 2.8, like, I can't even imagine having, like, a Canon lens or a Sony lens. Like, 
I bet that is just off the charts. Yeah. So. So we're both running 2.8. I'm going to stick to the mirrorless. Homie's still going to run the Canon, get that quality Canon in there. I'm still going to run the micro four thirds and do my thing. Um, we're filming together this year. Yep. We're filming turkeys together this year. Um, hopefully bring you guys some turkey content. We'll see. We're going to try some stuff we've never tried with turkeys. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be challenging, but we uh, we like that style, you know, and yeah. we're going to try to m- make it our own and have some fun oh, you, with it. You talking about filming? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got some, I got some ideas. Um, if I knock one down, how I want to tell that story. Yeah. So, so we got we got some ideas for stories on turkeys. We just need to kill some. Yeah, um, that's the step. So Illinois has five different seasons, ranging like uh, five to seven days in length. And I've got the second season, which is the most popular because it's the earliest season with a weekend. Uh, first season is Monday through Friday, and then second opens on Saturday. Um, the Friday of that is Good Friday, so we have off work, so debating whether to roll the dice and buy a tag basically for a day. Gotta gotta roll the dice. I think so, too. If you don't do it, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, right? So, uh, yeah. either get one here in the county we're in, or get one down and go to my place down there. The there's, only thing about that is, you got the 47-minute drive on top of you getting... Uh, it's worth it. You don't need to sleep. <laughs> I know. You keep saying that. Um, so, you know, just earlier wake up to get down there, but you know, how cool would it be to just get a tag on a whim on a day that, day that you have off getting paid and you go out there and knock one down. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. So then, um, second season opens on the Saturday. Uh, we got that here in the County we're in. So hopefully knock two birds down. That'd be, that'd be pretty sick. Yeah. And then, um, Depending on how that goes, well, I guess we're going to have to decide before that. Who's going to get the, the third season tag? I guess, I guess you, because then you'll have two weekends. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to get a third season tag, and then Cody has a fourth season, right? Yeah, if you don't kill a bird, hell, you can get the third season tag. Well, if, if, if they stop bird, selling them. If you don't kill a bird, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, we can uh, wait and see how that goes. Both, but better just both buy one. There you go. <laughs> two tags for two days. Yeah, heck yes. So then you got the fourth season, and your wife has a fifth season, which that'll be pretty decent because it'll be r- pretty warm. Yeah, she's pretty excited, I think. I'm excited to get her out there. She's killed a really nice buck and then kind of faded out from hunting. And then I hope she gets back into it on some turkeys. She went a couple years with a shotgun. I think once I get this blind and it's warm mm-hmm. and she'll be out of the weather. Because sometimes our shotgun season is just savage. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So it's hard for me to set out there, let alone her. So. Yeah, it was savage this year. One day you're, well, the day you shot Mr. Freeze, it started snowing. And then you wake up the next day, you got eight inches of snow on the ground. Yeah. So. So, we weren't hunting that day, though. No, I definitely <laughs> probably wasn't. The, probably the best day of the year. <laughs> right. Um, so that's our turkey plans. Yep. Um, a little update. Uh, nine with the kicker that we talk about a bunch is actually the bracket buck that I have the sheds off of from three years ago. So 
I got a new computer. I put all my trail cam pictures in. I separated them all, and I got to looking, and I'm like, this is the same deer, but every time you see him, you can't see that flyer off the G2 in a lot of the pictures. So You can't see that flyer, or you can't see the ninth point the ninth point because he's either like straight on or got his head up he's on the other side or we got some pictures of him on a field edge and then we got some pictures of him hitting it's great and, and you're like, like oh, oh yeah that's that. the bracket buck and then you know like you said you get it on the computer you get it blowed up zoomed in you're like well shit he's got a kicker off that g2 yeah so um yeah you're telling me that and I just thought it was something that we needed to cover because you know you're thinking that there's two different deer out there running around and reality, it's the same deer. You just haven't gotten a good pick to put it all together until. And and, and you've seen him during season. Yeah, yeah, I seen him uh, December twenty eighth um, when I messed up filming does. Yeah. Um, I did. I did shoot a doe that night, and um, I took shotgun out, doe only, and um, about. Eight minutes after I shot my doe, um, he was a hundred yards straight in the timber coming from the back set. So if you were at the back set with a bow, you would have shot him. Yeah. You'd at least seen him and had a really good encounter. That's definitely a buck we need to target next year. Uh, he was there from velvet to late season and never left. Yep. And he was on the center of the farm, the south of the farm, the middle, the north, fighting. I mean, he was all over the place. So... He was five last year, so it'll be six this year, possibly his biggest year ever. He's not a giant scoring, but he's in the one fifties, yeah. you know. But he's not he's not a, a gigantic deer. He might he might be one sixty next year. You never know. Mm-hmm. But uh, just a it'd be a six and a half year old deer that is on the on the piece the whole the whole season, right? So awful nocturnal little bastard, though. Yeah, he is. Early season nocturnal, late season nocturnal, or you've seen him during late season. That might be the time to kill. So It might be. Because, I mean, you said that the bracket buck, which is this same deer, only shows up late season. Yeah. And so now as he's getting older, his home range could be shrinking, and we've seen him more during the year, but still at night. And, yeah. um, and I, th- I think the only yeah, I think the only daylight picks we had of him was before season even started. We had the really good pictures of him in velvet. Yeah, and I don't think we had a picture of him hardhorn during the day. Just a couple sets of velvet picks. Yeah, we had that him fighting on the south with M fourteen. M fourteen is dead. That was my t- my two or three year old giant. Um, yeah, is is gone. Uh, found him dead. So uh, R.I.P. for M fourteen. Uh, he was he was going to be a legend. But uh, he was fighting the bracket buck, and then uh, the bracket buck is back up on the north late season. So maybe we we target him, you know, late as long as he's here there. You know, we we know that late December instead of hunting that front stand, we need to go to the back stand mm-hmm. and just give that extra push just in case something pops out. Because we also had that other eight pointer daylighting back there uh, in the middle of the day. Yeah, in late season, just random as hell, and then in the evening that same day. So, um, might be something to think about because that's something we don't really do. We don't push back. We're always thinking where they're going to hit this food. So we're we'll set up here, you know, eighty yards in from the food mm-hmm. instead of being two hundred fifty yards in from the food. 
but they just don't get to that field. You know, if that field had some timber that blocked that road. Oh yeah. It'd be, it'd be way better if it was like, yeah. Yeah. If it was like the South. Yeah. Just had like that hedge timber that blocked the road. It'd be a completely different, different situation. Right. Definitely get some more traffic. Yeah. And then, uh, because that road's busier than you think it is. I mean, if you sit there and you hunt, you're just like, shit, there goes like the 12th car. Yeah, there's, I mean, a deer get hit on that road by cars. Jeez. So I'm like, like, how in the hell? So there's a lot <laughs> yeah. more traffic than, than you think, you know? But, uh, and then we lost the short G2 buck. That That's a super creative name, I know. <laughs> um, spent a lot of time on that. But uh, we had a buck show up during the rut. It was actually right after I hunted there all day sit wasn't it um what? i can't remember. no that was the one with the drop or whatever he had with the shit on his antlers yeah okay that was the one that come in right after all right well the bracket buck he was just coming through cruising um a couple days or, yeah not the bracket buck the g short g2 buck yeah. yeah we end up we end up finding him dead and this is a good lesson for us and the listeners if a buck comes through on trail camera and he's quartering away and he's <laughs> maybe 30, 40 yards. Uh, a deer could potentially be a lot bigger than you think it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, you're like, okay, we got another racked buck running around. Um, it's quartering away at night. You can't really get a good look at his body or his neck to like get a good gauge of how old he is. And then you look at his rack and you're like, okay, two and a half, three and a half year old, you know, a stud two and a half or just a pretty solid three and a half. And, um, you know, I'm I'm still not sure how old he was, but I know I know he's got a lot of teeth, and yeah. so you know I would lean more towards three and a half. But you know, just like Cody always tells me, whenever whenever we talk on the phone and we bring up trail cam picks or somebody long arming some shit or you know whatever it may be, it's all about the angle. Yeah, all about the angle, bro. So That's all I would say, and yeah. this just proved it, man. This deer was. We thought he was high 120s, 130 class, and he was probably close to 150. Yeah. You know what I mean? Real solid 10. And uh, if he didn't have that short G2, that's the only downfall. He's got good brows, good good mass, good time length. Just that weak, weak G2 is all yep. all he's got. So you know, if, negative. If he had come in and either of us were hunting, I mean, he would have been shooter. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then we'd have been like, well, what the hell deer is this? Because this is a real solid buck. And, you know, obviously the, when we seen that picture and seen his G2, we'd be like, okay, well, it's this deer. And then we're just like, well, what the hell? He's only, he's way bigger than what he was on trail cam. So it was funny when we, when we found him, I always like look back at my archive of trail cam pictures in my brain and I'm like, oh yeah, we got a picture of him. And homie's like, what? I'm like, yeah, bro. Yeah. I scroll him through there and I show him. He's like, yeah, that's him. He just looks really small there. I'm like, yeah, he does. He looks really you know, he looks like a one mid high one twenty, one thirty class deer. Mm-hmm. The time length is you can't even you can't even tell. But it's definitely him. The G two squiggle. Yeah, because the G two is the closest point short. to the camera. Yeah, yeah. So you can definitely tell it's him. But uh, that's just something good to to think about. If you got a buck that's daylighting and you got one trail cam picture of him, you go in there to kill him. He might be a little bigger or a little smaller than you think. You know, so yeah. You can't rely on the trail cams to tell you the exact size or age of, of anything, but we were surprised on that, but, uh, he's dead. So 
We lost two really good potential shooters on that piece. The neighbors shot two bucks. I know the guys to the north didn't shoot anything like they normally do. They got the best ground and never shoot anything. I, I have no idea. Huh. But uh, we know that the Pennsylvania guys with uh, 40 something shots opening morning, they shot something. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, but the legend, he made it through. Well, yeah. we don't know. I can do, if we get a velvet pick of him, <laughs> holy smokes. <laughs> That'll and be pretty epic. I'm looking forward to sidekick, whether he hangs out or not. I um, got to know if that was the deer on Booner Motel. Like, dude, if that's the same deer, it's not even funny. I'm gonna, but, I'm gonna lose my brain. Yeah, uh, we got a buck on trail camera in the summer on my lease, which is probably what three miles. Uh, maybe we should hunt stand it. Yeah, it's probably three miles from Booner Motel, and we have a buck in the rut that looks exactly like Sidekick. Yeah cruising through there and so, i mean that's what he's doing he's cruising so dude it very well could be and yeah, it's, and the, it's literally mean, on the same road yeah to get splits that deep on both g2s like that which is yeah, rare yeah just perfectly I mean, symmetrical looks like a mule deer going through there you know what i mean that's not right. something that we i have a lot of on my piece you know not big deep split g2s like that but if we get him in velvet and he might hang around, man. You know, he always hung out with Mr. Freeze. Mm. I get him together on Velvet, so maybe now he's gone. He's going to come back this summer and be like, okay, now that's Matures Bucks gone. Yeah. I have everything I need. I'm going to hang out here, you know. And we had the, the Velvet picks of him last year, and, he, dude, he was he was pushing 170, I bet. Yeah. He, he was a giant. So uh, there's no telling what he could be. It's just – figuring them out on that tiny little piece man if, if, if we had if we had the north and the south i know there's 60 80 acres do you know how much damage we could do mm-hmm. oh man just 21 acres just kills us yeah my check could feel it too getting cams and stands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we could crush it bro we could if we had if we had just one of them you know i mean just to get that intel okay okay this buck left our property and went here uh-huh. now we can patter him up there. Okay. He came off our piece at this time. He's here, you know, cause we know they bet on the North and the South and they don't bet on mine. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't compete with the thickness, bro. The thickness nope. is nope. And, uh, and the draws and no pressure and all that. I mean, they got it all food. I mean, I can't compete. So, uh, we'll hopefully have one of them. And then we'll be able to just to be able to piece together stuff that I've been like ha, they, that spot behind Nick's house. Like, you know how many trail cam pictures we got of big deer there. But if you hunt it, you don't see anything. But right. then you cross the ridge and you go to the honey set. It's on fire. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, how, where are they going from the honey set to to here? You know, mm-hmm. and then I walked you through that bottom. And I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking they're going through here and going into this thick stuff where we found the short G2 buck. And that might be the case, but there's not a a really solid trail there. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? So how are they getting from the honey set to King South? I don't know, but it's a mystery. I can tell you it's thick and there's a lot of deer in that area. But when you're in the honey set and you look down there, 
You don't ever see any you, deer down there. Never seen a deer come from that way. Never. Never I going understand. south or north. They're just. They're just like weaving through that yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, the honey set, as good as it is, I think we need to move it to the north, like where the old camper used to set in that little opening. Just because. Yeah, because I think all I, the deer that you would see at the honey set are you're, you would eventually see there. Yeah. I just, I know it's going to be riskier on the wind and the access. Yeah. But. Because the honey says good, but man, it's just they're they're not in daylight. They're there all the time. It's just mm-hmm. an hour before daylight and an hour after daylight, and we're limited. We're literally fifty yards from the property line right there. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, what are you going to hunt that on? Like a, I have no idea. That's saying, where we need to be. But like I was talking last time, sometimes where you need to be, you just can't be. You just it ain't worth the risk because you're going to be blowing right into where the does are bedding at. Yeah, which is what's making that so fire. Yeah, because the sign there is unbelievable. Yeah, if someone were to walk onto my piece and be like, "I'm just gonna find fresh sign and hunt," (laughs) (laughs) they'd walk to that piece and be like, "Oh man, I'm shooting a giant." Yeah, and they'd hunt it for 62 days and see one shooter in daylight. Yep. (laughs) You know, I mean, we ran a trail camera there all year, every day, and we had two facing opposite directions of how they're entering and exited. And we get, sometimes we get a buck on one and not on the other in the same day, right? Yep. But we had it covered and one shooter in daylight the whole year. The whole season. And I think it was on a wind that you couldn't even hunt the stand. Yeah. Because it was like a southeast or something dumb. But the sign is just ridiculous. I mean, like three ground scrapes, 15 tree scrapes, just... Uh, a horizontal rub uh they yeah. snapped that tree in half two horizontal rub we took we cut out a horizontal dub and then they put another one in. yeah so uh, i mean th- yeah and then you turn the corner and there's like eight more ground scrapes right down that yep road yep. literally two foot apart boom 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 yeah it's like every bush that hangs out in there is just getting whacked but i was oh, thinking man. i was thinking you know they don't like that open area. So I don't see them going through that. So I don't know how they're using it. And the only way to really find out is just to invest in an ass more trail camps. Yeah. But that's something that do you put, do you put all your eggs in one basket of trying to figure out bucks that are nocturnal? Yeah. Bucks that are just going to be in the daylight. Because we're on the, we're on the we're limits there, the right? Yeah. We're on the limits. We can't really go further to the north because of pressure and we can't really go further towards the west because it's they just don't use that unless they're bedded in those where the neighbors shot that buck out of if they're bedding there that just blow my mind though yeah it's pretty like, o- it's starting to get pretty open there like like eight down trees and then just open <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I do like the way it is set up now because i feel like we got a couple little pockets like where you found in 14 dead that's a little pocket nobody goes in the doe bedding area right in front of the honey set little pocket you sit there you see two or three four does pop out of that and they're just totally chill Mm -hmm. and i feel like that that's what's getting the bucks in the area it's just not at the right time we need some more cruising coming through there on the daylight yeah i think maybe uh maybe if we went in there i don't know that's a perfect place to put a plot it's just something we can't do because the the landowner and the neighbor being right there you don't want to draw the deer to the neighbor's 
edge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, stuff that we need to find. You never figure it out. It's fun to think about. And yeah, I was say, dude, just talking right here, man. I'm I'm fired up to get deer season open back up. Yeah, turkey season is like two and a half weeks, and we're just sitting here talking about deer. So. <laughs> right. If any of the listeners has an idea of how to kill a buck that's in the daylight or in the dark hitting this fresh-ass sign, let me know. Because <laughs> I have no idea. So. And if someone says put out some freaking deer piss, I'm <laughs> not even going to talk to you. <laughs> Maybe we can get Duncan to bottle some of his up and send yeah. it to us. We need some of that hot, hot Mississippi Duncan piss. Bring uh, all the boys to the yard. Yes. You ever heard of anybody having to pee on his windows to thaw them out and then shoot a buck? I mean, that is, that's some good storytelling right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Shoot your I, second I biggest buck ever after you pissed on the window to unfreeze it so he could drop it and get your gun out the window. <laughs> epic uh, i can't i cannot wait to uh to get at ata and we're not gonna have enough microphones but we gotta do some kind of episode yeah at like at like midnight <laughs> right just smoked <laughs> yeah so. it's gonna be a lot of fun we covered everything didn't we we did we, get, we got we got everybody caught back up yep. um as you can tell we always got an ass load of stuff going on there's so much more stuff that we have to do we need to hang stands on uh, booner town finish the burn get the plot ready get the blind ready i mean the list is endless and that's just one property mm-hmm. if we get the south look out oh yeah look out yeah man i hope so, i hope we can do that we got a lot more work to do and luckily i just got stands just laying all over my garage right now ready to go somewhere so, yeah i've got one here and i got a ladder stand here so yeah, i got i think i got six six yeah yeah awesome yeah. i'm gonna kill yeah, a cool. megatoad off your off your uh light post off the garage heck yes <laughs> gotta get them in a tree somehow <laughs> right. all right guys we hope you enjoyed this episode catching up did you have anything else to tell them homie no i didn't uh you know just putting in a lot of work we get still got a lot of gear to buy as far as you know filming stuff goes and um you know uh a little knickknack here and there for hunting but as far as like gear wise goes for hunting i don't think we have much to buy uh it just depends on if we pick up some more land um uh definitely gonna be buying a i believe gonna go uh exodus mobile I think gonna go that route now. I know he said after ATA is gonna go Moultrie, but man, a five-year warranty you just can't. Just I gotta can't get one that. of those Moultries and just try it out. Yeah, so I'm getting a Moultrie and just try it out. Okay, so totally so running three three mobiles. Yep, we'll have three mobiles. Um, That'd be uh, stat, other than that, the only thing left to buy for like actual hunting is. I'm going to buy a new release. I'm going to buy some Glory Knox and a uh, some more stands if we pick up some other property. Yeah. I got my list is too long. Shit. Shit I want that I don't need. <laughs> <laughs> Shit that is not going to help you kill a big deer. <laughs> ten, 10 bucks an inch is what I, I shoot I for it out to be. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 10 bucks an inch. So, oh, well, last year you're probably pretty damn close. <laughs> Yeah. All right, man. Uh, get out there. 
get your kids involved if you can. Try to leave a legacy and why till legacy's out.